Welcome, 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 everybody. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hi. And we are here bringing you the 90s mixtape. We are talking about events that occurred in the 90s with a lens of uh, 30 years. Pretty exciting. Right, Jen? Yes. I mean, I like how... When you put it like that, it's... I mean, the way... It's like if this was a video, the way you're like, say the things. I'm saying the things. I'm coming up with the things. Um, before we get started, this week, we are going to be spotlighting some music, um, some new releases, uh, stuff that's still been on the charts, a couple things we talked about before, kind of ending the quarter. It's only going to be one month now because we're back on track, but we will be reviewing the March 1993 music, taking a look at some of the news, songs. We listened to a couple different albums. Really um, surprising. I mean, I enjoyed a couple of these albums that we're going to talk about, um, some of the songs, that we're going to mention. Uh, but if you like what you hear, please do subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast. You can follow us at BLC underscore pod. Jen, what about the Instagram? Well, that's on Twitter. And then the Instagram is BLC Mixtapes. So get up with us and talk to us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. We're also going to post uh, that stuff in the notes for the episode. But for now, we're going to dive into the music. So Jen, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will tell you this. I'm just really excited that we're back on track. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I'm pretty excited to talk about a couple of these albums. So let's just yeah. kind of dive right in. I'm going to start this week, this episode. I'm going to kind of go through a couple different songs that were on the top of the charts. So Whitney Houston um, kept it going for 14 weeks with I Will Always Love You. That was a song that was played all the time. Really? I've never heard it before. In my house. <laughs> In the five CD changer. Nice. Along with the cat soundtrack. Yes. Was the bodyguard soundtrack. My dad loves this. <laughs> he played it all the time. Like he will never listen to a Anyways. podcast. He will throw his phone against the wall before he even knows what that is. But he loved it. So when we would drive, like when we would do car rides and you hit the shuffle on the five CD, you might get the bodyguard. You might get <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, one of two different show tunes albums. Also might get Sting. Okay. And he came out with Sumner's Tales. Don't know if it's specifically that album, but you might get that. We didn't get we didn't get Genesis. We got Sting. Um, yeah, exciting. She's uh, out there. This song I is mean, blaring the airwaves. I remember the video. Do you remember the video though. to this? Yeah, isn't it like her singing on stage, but then with cuts of the like from the Bodyguard movie mm -hmm. in it? Yeah, I remember. It's like a trail. It's like they did the same thing yeah. or they're going to do the same thing later with Titanic. Oh, I was going to say, don't they do this with um, Robin Hood? Yes, I think they do it with Robin Hood as well. I Yeah, they do. The th yeah, maybe not, but... No, no, they, they do. do. No, no, no. They definitely do. Um, but that's... What is that? Is that... Like, I get that confused. Is that all for one? No, that's the Three Musketeers is all for one. One for all. Robin Hood is... Look into my eyes, right? Isn't it that one? I think and so. You will see. I get them confused too. I think I don't want to say because I also get them confused. Yeah, like that's the one with the Robin Hood one. But I remember it's the same thing. It's this weird thing that they did in the nineties. And you're right, Titanic. Yeah, Titanic, hundred percent. Because I remember hundred percent. Like you could see all the, you know, I'm the king of the world, and all the scenes. You see it all as Celine Dion singing, and when. She sings, I will always love you. It just like cuts away from that, like him, him holding her at the front of the boat. It's just ridiculous. But this is such like a 90s, cool, like 90s trope. I, I mean, listen, Kiss from the Rose on the Grave. 
They did the same thing. Oh my god, your favorite. Fucking love seal. They did the same thing. Fucking <laughs> seal they did fan. The same thing. Like a, we have a seal uh, super fan here. Specifically, like that. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I had specifically that album. Oh. Uh, I had it on tape. I ha- yes, I had the Batman. What was it? Batman uh, Forever soundtrack. Mm-hmm. 100% had it. No shame. No shame. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm, I'm old <laughs> enough to, to uh, defend myself as necessary. But this was a 90s trope for sure that we will consistently find. I even think like, I want to say, and I could be wrong, my memory could be off, but I even want to say stuff like Reality Bites or like any of these different things that had like a song. Like I feel like maybe even Empire Records, like they had like a song that like came out on the album and they just like interspersed pictures of the movie. <laughs> like when they did the song, it was just like a thing they did. Like I feel like it was, I don't know, because I was going to say singles, but I was like, I don't think that they did with that, but they might have, I don't know. I don't... Usually, like, a love song or something. Usually something written for the movie. Usually the bigger but... blockbuster movies did Oh, 100%. That. Yeah, not so much, like... 100%. I don't think. Um, but yeah. she was there until she was dethroned by Ordinary World by Duran Duran. Oh. Yeah, I was playing that song um, a little bit earlier. It's a decent song, but yeah. I think it's just one of those things where people maybe wanted a quote-unquote slight um palette cleanser maybe i don't know i wasn't buying these albums at this point i mean it's been since last year that this song has been number one you know i mean 14 weeks i will always love you is a bomb song well it's pretty iconic it's an iconic yeah i mean i remember trying to sing it like belt it out like you know embarrassingly so it's funny because there's this song and then the Next song that comes that she gets is I'm Every Woman, which also that song, that song was played in every like store that I went to. So I don't know if this happened to you when you were younger. Definitely happened to me. I mean, you're a girl, so it's a little different, but like we would go out with my mom and I say we, sometimes it would just be me. Sometimes it would be like me and my sister or me and my brother. Like at this age, I don't know too much how much my brother would have went, but like I would go my sister too like so my mom would be going out and she would let's say go to the food store or whatever and be like all right i'm gonna go here and i'm gonna go there and if you're good you can get something let's say like a five dollar toy or something special from the food store right but you have to deal with the other things she was doing or like a book from the bookstore every fucking clothes shop every mandy's every whatever this would come on when you went in there like blaring over the loudspeaker. So like I just have it like I hear this song and I just think of like like women's clothing stores. I'm every woman. That's what I think. I don't know what it, what it evokes for you, but that's what it evokes for me. Like I just go and just being dragged with my mom to go like while she's clothes shopping. That's hilarious. And just like half the shit she put on layaway. Be like I'm gonna put on layaway but just never come back and buy it. So it was just like that weird thing. Like, oh my God. I don't know if you've ever been out with my mom, but she always does this. She'll have like 75 things and get to the end and be like, I really don't want like half these things, but she'll make the decision right before she's got to pay. I think that I've been with her maybe twice when she's done that. Um, yeah. Like she would find something <laughs> and be like, maybe I'll need this for like an event in like six months. So like, I'll just put it on layaway. Cause that was like really a thing. I'm not saying layaway is not a thing now. No, it's just, like, but different. layaway was a big thing. My yeah. mom did layaway things too. Yeah. And I never even think about layaway. And then every now and again, she'd come in and be like, oh yeah, I'll pay like 10 bucks towards whatever that thing was she had on layaway. Or she'd be coming in to like, ah, I'm going to finish paying off the dress or whatever that she wanted. Cause she'd only sp- like. I associate layaway with like, um, Kmart. 
Yeah, well, like For Mandy's some... and like I forget what Mandy's. The one. Yeah, like those stores had it. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just again a little bit of a tangent here. Is talking about music, yeah. <laughs> but I'm every woman. I just feel like it was on in like every. <laughs> reminds you of layaway and women's clothing. Yeah, it reminds me of women's clothing and layaway. Going into like uh, Deb with your mom. A hundred percent. And then the last song that we had was uh, Informer Snow. Uh, in Informer by Snow, which you you had just played the video. Yeah. Um, and I remember the song. That These, I would say, Ordinary World, I did not remember. Okay. Really? No. But I did you don't, remember. Like, you didn't hear it? You didn't remember ever hearing it before? No. Really? Yeah. That's a confession. Yeah, no. No, it's just interesting because I heard no. that song. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I feel like I hear it as an 80s song. But I remember it. Like, well, yeah, I mean, Duran Duran is definitely an 80s band. Definitely yeah. has an 80s feel. Like, I definitely feel like I should yeah, have like known it. Yeah, like New Wavy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the Whitney Houston stuff, like like I said, I mean, I these two things evoke <laughs> very specific memories. Apparently so. VH1, I Will Always Love You, just seeing, like, the, the shot of Kevin Costner's face and just I'm Every Woman playing in every fucking store no my friend and i used to um record ourselves dress singing. barn dress barn it would be dress a dress barn, barn. that's where that dress makes barn. more sense like mandy's is kind of like uh very young I'm like i, I know dress that your barn. mom was a lot younger back then dress but i'm well, like probably mandy's is like probably mandy's she would have taken like my sister there or something so your then sister we'd have would to buy go. stuff yeah, yeah yeah dress barn 100 percent dress that, barn that checks and out. she'd go there and oh she'd literally God. just my like put clothes on my way me to dress barn too and i'd be like this is the most See, so like... And you're like, is it worth the thing of Oreos I'm going to buy at the food store? 100%. It would be like, oh, <laughs> man. But then like... But the thing is like, it, the, in this strip mall specifically was a KB Toys. So was my dress barn. That's funny. So then I know the dress barn, ones. the KB Toys, and then there's like a food town. So my mom would bang out like three things at once. Mm-hmm. Then there was also a bookstore. So it was like, you can get a book. Maybe you get a toy. Right? But you can definitely, I could always get a book because my mom is a voracious reader. So you could always get a book. Always. Didn't matter. Didn't matter if she didn't have enough money in her, po- like, d- didn't have enough money for the week for groceries. You could get a book because that's just, <laughs> she just felt like you can read a book. She wasn't huge into me reading comic books per se because she thought that they rotted your brain. Um, not realizing that there was long some long form storytelling that's involved there. And how, you know, if you put the books together, you really did get a story. Yeah, absolutely. She was, she was more concerned about, like, a book. So if it was, like, you know, a uh, novelization of a comic book or something, you can do that. Not so much the graphic novels. Don't even really know if they were out at this point as big as they are later on in the 90s when they start to put all this stuff together. But that's my that's my memories of these songs. And, and that's kind of something I'm going to do as we talk about them because I think it's kind of fun. But I'm every woman in every dress barn. <laughs> Thoughts on the singles. Um, it came at you. It came at you quick. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm just. I'm just laughing at this. Like I can't. I really don't have. I mean, I think we talked about the Bodyguard soundtrack, right? A couple months ago. Yeah. A couple months back, November yep. when it came out. I think we actually came back in for a, a, a quick minute in November. Um, or yeah, I think it was November. Yeah. Yeah, because I think yeah. it, yeah. And so I actually listened to it, it, and I was like, oh, yeah, because I did have the Bodyguard soundtrack, and I did listen to it. My friend and I used to record ourselves singing I Will Always Love You, and then re-listen back and try to see who did it better. That's a vibe. It is absolutely a self-esteem killer if you have a voice like me, a singing voice like me. So. Do you know, 
or in this month do you believe that one of the top selling albums, yes or no question, of the year was released in this month? I'm going to say yes, because why else would you uh, propose this? I'm going to go say no. Oh, so, okay. Well, I proposed it because the number one selling album. No, I don't feel like it was, but I said yes because I figured you were trying to trick me. <laughs> the number one album of the year is the Bodyguard soundtrack for this entire year. It oh, wasn't so even I released this it, year, yeah, but it's it was the really, no- yeah. Well, because it's still the number one selling gotcha. album. Okay. Um, Ten best albums um, for their hits on the charts. Nothing here either. Um, <laughs> what some of these are, though. No, I mean, we're, we're going to get... Actually, no. I take Can that you back. tell me more about what this isn't? No, it's just, it's just, this is something I'm going to check in on because this is something that you can see, but there is an album called, which did come out this month called Suede by Suede, Mm -hmm. glam rock album that is listed as one of the top albums of the year, not top selling, but top albums of the year, um, for all the, their, their hits that went on the, uh, the charts, but Suede by Suede came out. Released on nude records. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I just thought that was something to just maybe something to add as we kind of check in on some of these things. Because I mean, like the albums of the year, once you hear what they are, like once you know what they are. I mean, another album not released this year was uh, Unplugged by Eric Clapton, which is a top selling album. Um, Some Gave All by Billy Ray Cyrus, top selling album. The wait, Chronic. Wait, by... what are you? This isn't this month. No, no, no. I'm just oh. listing some of these off so you know. You're, like, so you're like, oh. Me here. The Chronic by Dr. Dre, not released on this album. Uh, in this month. Uh, yeah, 10 by Pearl Jam. There's a bunch of albums that just like... What were... about what about uh, 1989 by Taylor Swift? Was that was that released in I March what, 93? I see what you're doing. Um, the, the thing is, there's actually only a couple albums that were released this year that ended up being... And by a couple, I mean like two. Or maybe even one. The only thing is, I just saw that Janet's Janet... Janet Jackson's Janet is coming out in like a year and it's the top in like a month and it's like the top selling top three selling album top four selling album of the year the rest of them weren't even released this year so that sucks that's just a that's just a waste of a statement right there you know I mean what? I'm kind of wondering what, we're where we're going with this we went but... for it but the top ten best albums of the year versus top selling albums that's different because then we're going to get Nirvana's In Utero Smashing Pumpkin Siamese Dream which we just talked about comes out in September Wu-Tang Clan, Enter the Wu-Tang, Pearl Jam Versus. But this month, what did yeah. we have? As I digress, because that's what I'm going to do. I, I got nothing <laughs> about else all for the you. things that don't, okay. that don't pertain. Mm-hmm. What came out, Jen? What oh, what? We, what what we, you, we had huh? Suede. What? what are we, I know, we should, we should, I didn't realize that. I would have listened to it. We have... Um, um, we have the Cranberries... What was their album called? Everybody else is doing it. So why can't we? So why can't we? Yeah, we listened to that. We had Depeche Mode's Songs of Faith and Devotion, which ended up um, hitting our top charts. Mm-hmm. We had Sting, like we mentioned, Ten Summoner's Tales. I remember that because my mom definitely had that album. We definitely had to listen to it, but I didn't really, you know. <laughs> we had to. <laughs> yeah. Um, Butthole Surfer's Independent Worm Saloon. An independent worm saloon. We got Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Which, I had no clue that this song, when we listened to this album, we re-listened to this album, and I remember this song. Mm-hmm, like, of I course. remember the song, and I'm like, 
I just didn't know that this song came out in 93. Because I feel like it gets played in like 96. I mean, but I don't know. I could, I could be beautiful. completely wrong. That's the beautiful thing about songs though, right? You can keep playing them. I mean, I still think that that song holds up now. I also think that Cranberries yeah. Linger holds up now. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, like I said last time, made a fart joke. <laughs> and you appreciate it because you have a wonderful humor, right? So you can kind of come with me. But that's always what we would say to each other. Did you have to let it linger? Somebody would fart in a room. That's it. It's, it's what I got. That's that's what I took from the Cranberries, who had a great album. Is the song Linger made me laugh as a child. How did you feel when we re-listened to the album? Um, I liked the song Linger. And then there was a... There's another song that I was like, oh yeah, I like this song. What what was that song? Um, Dreams, maybe? Uh, I'm going to bring them all up right now. Hold on. Um, how did, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a real mellow album. Agreed. I didn't own it. Like, I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever heard this album before, you know, in its entirety. Very nineties feel, very mellow feel. Yeah, I would. I would I liked it. Yeah, I would one hundred percent agree. We put it on, the yeah dreams, which was released in September of ninety two as a single, and then the other single off of the album was Linger, which came out in February, which is why we talked about it because it was a single that popped off in February, so we talked about it last month. The album itself was was pretty good. I mean, I. I don't know if I would necessarily, outside of Linger, um, just because of its uh, staying power in my life, I don't know if I would really, I don't know if I would add dreams to like a playlist, um, but I mean, Linger was good, and it was, it was it, they played it on the radio a lot. I feel like it was played a lot. I heard it a bunch on Walk FM and stuff like that. Like, I yeah. definitely heard it. I mean, if I'm putting a Cranberry song on a mixtape. Come with it. It's going to be Zombie. True. Which I know we're not there yet, but... If we're only doing one, Cranberry. If I only have room for one, it's zombie. Um, but I do like Linger, and that would be... It would it, it would be in the, um, in the maybe section. I'm going to keep this around. Maybe I'll put it on my mixtape. You know what I mean? I have to assess the other songs I want to put on before I make that decision. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? How'd you feel about Lenny Kravitz? Do you think that you would add uh, anything from that album on your mixtape? If I was to add anything, it would be, are you going to go my way? I don't know. Maybe I'm just basic and only like the singles, but, um. Well, there was a reason why at this time that they had the singles because they wanted, yeah. the, they wanted you to buy singles. I mean, that was, I think we've talked about that before. That was oh no, but the also 90s. the singles are the ones that they, um, assume are going to do better. So they're usually the quote unquote better songs. I mean, not always, but usually, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe that, but I don't really, I wouldn't. I will tell you this. I'll probably I would put linger on before. Are you gonna go my way? Which is probably an unpopular opinion. How would you feel? I no. I think our, are you gonna go my way would just be at the top. I, it's wildly. It's played wildly on Spotify. Played wildly on oh, everything. Yeah. It's it, it's just such a good song. I, I don't song. know what else to say because like I'm kind of doing a little bit of on the fly as I'm looking at it because I just feel like oh wow. Um, I just read something here, just looking at it, and it made me laugh. There's a Serbian hard rock band called Cactus Jack. 
and they recorded a version on their live cover album, Discover, in 2002. I just love reading random a, things like that. A version of Are You Gonna Go My Way? Yeah, that's why I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, Metallica covered it. Like, Oh, no, it's, a, it's an awesome song. I mean, for a sure. A bunch of people covered it. And like I said, it's just one of those things. I'm trying to see the music video. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the music video. It, it doesn't... The thing that sucks is that these music videos, a lot of times now, is it's kind of a little nebulous. You can't really find... Easily find exactly when they came out. But I do remember the music video. And I remember it being like... I remember it being used in... Like, I feel like it was using like car commercials or something. Am I wrong? Do you not remember that? No, I feel like it could have been. No. It was definitely... What's the other song that he has that's later on? Like in 96 or 98. That's like a just a '90s songworm. Uh, a songworm. Yeah, that's a song that just burrows. An earworm. It's a wor- earworm. As, songworm. As they say. Earworm. It like burrows into your head, and you're like, okay, this is just gonna stay here forever. Um. Well, now I don't want to find it because I don't want the song to be wormed into. Oh, fly away, an American woman. There, there you go. American woman. American woman. Well, how does fly away go? Sing for I us. I want to fly away. Hey, hey. You don't remember that? I mean, maybe if I heard it. But American Woman, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, what else do you want? I'm not going to give you... Leonard Albert Kravitz. Yeah. Second cousin, Al Roker. Let's go. Wait, really? Yes. I just read that his dad was a um, Cy Kravitz, who was a NBC television news producer. Yeah. I, uh... He fancy. <laughs> he fancy. <laughs> I really, uh, I enjoy the album when we listen to it. I, I feel like... Same thing with Duran Duran, because I listened to that album, too. And you mentioned it earlier at the top when we were talking about this stuff. It, they, they definitely have a specific feel. Like, I feel like even later on, you can... You could, you know you're listening to a Lenny Kravitz album, I feel like. Oh, yeah. It definitely has a certain... A certain I, I don't... Vibe. You don't remember Fly Away? Bam, 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 like you remember that no i'm sure i do i just would probably have to hear it okay and then american woman of course i remember that i feel like that no no no. it came back yes i I do remember yeah i feel like american woman came out like around like austin powers yep and i feel feel like like it was heather graham that like was in the video or had something to do with it because speaking of movies making um appearances and music videos right because like because she was like the american in that because like in the first one he's with elizabeth hurley and she's english and then in the second one he ends up like in america and that austin powers in america so he's with heather graham and she and like i feel like she's somehow part of that song like i i vaguely or that was involved in that woman or the uh, woman in the promotion of the movie or something along those lines at least that's what I recall. Oh, I, I with, want, I'm kind of like trying to like quickly Google it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just making shit up. And then no, whoever's but, out there can tell me if I'm right no, or wrong. No, because it... You remember too. I'm not wrong. Yeah, I think it's... So I don't know if the, it's in the music video, but it, the song is in the movie for sure. American with Heather Graham. singer-songwriter Lenny Kravitz covered American Woman for the soundtrack of Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. There you go. It was released as a single in May 99 and was later included on the reissue of Kravitz Album 5. The cover reached the top 20 everywhere. But yeah. Uh, The music video for that 
featured actress Heather Graham. Okay. So look at you. You, you know what you're talking about. You, yeah. know, you know your Heather Grahams. I remember that. Well, I just, I remember, because again, to go back to the theme, I just remember that specifically because I just remember that was such like a 90s trope. It would be like, oh, here's a movie soundtrack. Speaking of soundtracks, you know what other soundtrack came out this month? CB4? Jurassic Park. Really? Yeah. So like the John Williams score and stuff that came out. Do you remember when they would do that? Um, I remember that they would release sound, like soundtracks and stuff before the movie, but mm-hmm. maybe not Jurassic Park because I f- feel like it's, um, it's like all musical type stuff. Right? So those are things that exist. They do release those. <laughs> They do release that. I know that they release it, but I wouldn't have assumed that they would release it before the movie came out. Now, when it's something like Batman Forever and you got SEAL fanboys out there that want to scoop up that soundtrack, that makes sense to me because that's like artists. Not that people aren't fans of John Williams. I'm not saying that. So a big thing that happened that I remember um, when Star Wars The Phantom Menace was coming out. They they were released. That movie was high. That was probably, I would say... Maybe I'm wrong. As a kid of the 90s into the early 2000s. Was that not the most hyped movie of all time? The new, the very, like, episode one. I feel like they hyped that movie when the new Star Wars was coming out in, like, the Mm -hmm. late 90s, early Like, I feel like they hyped that movie so fucking much. You know, I think you're probably right. At that time, I don't, I feel like I was at a weird, in college, kind of not watching a lot of TV type mode. Or like about to go to college, not really. So I didn't really notice it. But yes, I think I think that they did. It was at every blockbuster. It was at every. It was at like oh, McDonald's. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like associated with like no, Pepsi. It was. It was, it was, it was like was crazy. It was right. So why, why I'm saying this is that John Williams soundtrack came out a good month or two months before the movie, and I bought the soundtrack, listened to the soundtrack. And the names of the songs on the soundtrack were different things from the movie. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, different, like, you know, like how, um, you know, if you buy a set, like if you buy a soundtrack, sometimes it'll, it'll say different things. Like, like I remember the song Duel Duel of the Fates, which is at this point, probably a fairly famous Star Wars, like orchestral song, or at least that came out of that, um, where Obi-Wan and, um, Qui-Gon Jinn are battling Darth Maul. And at the time, it was out of context, because I didn't know what it was. But, yeah. And I also remember uh, the same thing happened with, like, uh, The Matrix. They had, like, I feel like the second or third Matrix, when those were coming out, they also just released the soundtracks early. So people, like, at least people I knew, like, you at least look at it and be like, oh, what do these songs say? Like, what are the names of the tracks? Huh. You know, like, Car Chase, this, that. And it would all be in order. It wouldn't be, like, out of order, so you'd realize, like... I would never think to do that, yeah. and I didn't know anyone who did that. That's, well, because the internet um, was in its in- infancy. Though. Yeah, leaks. That's where you could find leaks, because... So I'm... you bought Star Wars Episode One soundtrack before the movie came out. I did. I also had the other soundtracks, and I would just play them when I played video games. I would play the Foo Fighters, and I'd play, like, Star Wars soundtracks when I played video games. Star Wars, I, 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 I do get that, though. I got them at, like, there was a used CD store, and they were, like, five bucks. I was really I um, cool in high school, and I played bass in orchestra. And I would go to, like, these all-county um, orchestras mm-hmm. because I was, like, not terrible. And I remember we did, we played the Star Wars, um, 
Was that an alien? Did you hear that alien? That's a dog outside. Oh, it was a dog? It sounded like really weird. Anyway, we played like the Darth Vader. I song, played. And, and it was so much fun. I still can play at like six or uh, sixth or seventh grade. Probably. I was doing piano lessons. I could play like the Star Wars theme. That's why I had the, the stuff. That's why I liked it. Because you could play it on piano. So mm-hmm. I could play it on piano. So you can you can play dun da 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 like and so I remember the chords and everything the progression because I played piano for a while and I played cello and that was another thing is what you did is play some of those some of that music because that's like how do you connect with junior high high school kids oh that's what you have to that do. are into that you have to have them play music that they you know can like everybody like. knew Star Wars mm-hmm. everybody knew dun 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 yeah that's what we did and it's cool because mm-hmm. as a bass player you usually get shit the shittiest just harmonizing like bong bong and it's just like you listen to the violins play the wonderful melodies mm-hmm. and you're like i'm just sitting here going blah but that we actually got to play the like dun, dun, like the melody for that so i remember being really exciting yeah i mean i'm not going to tell you that i own the jurassic park soundtrack at this point i don't know if i ever did my family might have got it because they did enjoy that kind of music um just to randomly listen to. I don't know why. I have that like, music why? for... No, I have the, the John Williams... Uh, but that score... I have that score for shit. piano downstairs. That score is fucking good. That, like, main Jurassic Park song. Yeah. 30 years later, I could hear it in my head perfectly right now. Well, I mean, John Williams is fucking brilliant. He is brilliant. He's probably... I would say, one in terms of, like, musical... Like, accompaniments, like, I would say he probably is as big or as important i shall say to cinema and the growth of cinema since probably like the 60s or 70s because of his scores like you think of all of these things and you like he's just there right you, you think i mean of you all know i movies. just walk around humming the jurassic park theme song i don't even no, even seen jurassic I, park in I, years and i'm always saying like, like in my head like it yeah. lives inside of my head it lives rent free like, yes. so many of his things yeah. were, like, all the Star Wars, all of it. And, like, that stuff makes those movies. Oh, the Home Alone Christmas song? Mm-hmm. The Home Alone theme? Yeah. I mean, it it's all... Ma- it, it, he, he did a lot. It, like, it makes Star Wars. What makes Star Wars is the orchestral theme. It makes it seem like it's more important than it really is. Right? It's absolutely important because it's a cultural phenomenon. I love it. Lots of people love it. Disney bought it. They backed up the truck for it. They own it. They're popping it out all the time. But that score, you know what you're getting. You know you know that you're in for this high drama because of the score that he would write. And I think it really, you know, it says a lot. Jaws theme. Now I have the Schindler's List song stuck in my mm-hmm. head. So that's yep. fun to have in your head. <laughs> so a quick... Oh man, we're just going in all directions. Quick John here. Williams corner. John Williams corner. Yeah, right? Might as well. I mean, good thing we're here to tell you all that John Williams is good at his job, right? I mean, <laughs> I thank mean, God for us and our insight. <laughs> you're here You're here for the 90s. We're talking about the 90s. What do you think, or what is, I guess the best way to say it is, which do you think is, is, the, is the score that stands out the most for you from John Williams? If you just had to say one, that you're like, it just lives rent-free, which one is it? Well, that's two different answers. I think uh, his most iconic one is Star Wars, but the one that lives in my head is Jurassic Park. Okay. What about you? I would say Indiana Jones. 
Oh, yeah. That's not even... Right? And I know saying Star Wars is dumb. I realize that he has done multiple Star Wars songs. Yeah, I mean... But I mean, I mean the, like, Darth Vader... I mean, the, the Imperial was the Imperial March. It was the Imperial March, yeah. and then, like I said, Jaws too. But I mean, me and probably Indiana Jones. I say Indiana Jones to you. I can't even think of how the Indiana Jones. Dun dun dun. dun. Okay, 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 okay. I just say Indiana Jones, and it's like, like if you say that to me, because like there's a new movie coming out, uh, Indiana Jones five, I guess, or six, whatever they're at, this summer. <laughs> I say that to, like I say Indiana Jones, and I just immediately. Dun, 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 dun. Like, immediately, that's what I hear in my head. You say Darth Vader, I hear the Imperial March. Yes. You yeah, say same. Jaws, and I hear Donna. That's what I hear. Yeah. Right? Also, play that on bass. Yeah, but it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And then, like... Thanks, John Williams, for looking out for the bass player. Thanks, John Williams, for making cinema. Because I'm just like, man, or scoring cinema, I should say. Because, man, it's just all right there. Because I think of Jurassic Park, and it's just... Dun, dun, dun. Like, you just hear it. I know. I sing it you to just the dogs it. all the time. I know. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> With, but, with my kazoo that I'm not going to do right now. But that came out. And a quick John Williams corner. We hung out on the block with him. Yeah. We had a quick conversation. He scored everything. He's the best. We're here. It's the 90s. It's music. What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> I, I, I brought a bunch to the table. I've told you about how I connect with Whitney Houston. I know. I've told you about I how I connect with John Williams and how I support I his works. You have a lot. I've told you how I feel about stories for us. soundtracks. I told you how I feel about... Lenny Kravitz. I went down Kravitz Corner, where I remembered uh, American Woman, where that came from. I did pretty good. Mm-hmm. I did pretty good. I would say that you did. I feel like, uh, for those at home that are listening, I feel like this is great when you're doing this. You know, play along. <laughs> Try to remember some of these things. It really helps. Like, where were you? What do you hear? What do these songs evoke? Like, that's the thing about music, man. Yeah, it's true. You hear it, and you're like, hey, oh, Lenny Kravitz. Have you ever heard a song, and then just... You're just in a funk for no, and you don't know why. And you're like, what happened in my life during this song that I can't, I, I, I don't remember what it is, but I know that this song makes me feel a certain way or vice versa. Maybe it makes you really happy. And yeah. <coughs> um, songs that give me energy, songs that bring me up. Usually it's workout related, to be honest with you. Uh, funk songs, not as much. I can't think, but... <sighs> It's tough because we just don't get, or at least here, I mean, there's a couple radio stations that we maybe listen to, but for the most part, I don't really listen to the radio, so most of my songs end up being curated. Like, I can't think off the top of my head, but I agree that that's what music does, right? There are certain songs you hear and you feel sad or you feel whatever, but. I don't know. I feel like we listened to two albums. I don't really know what to say about either. I thought they were both good. I would say mellow is my word. For both Lenny Kravitz and the Cranberries album that we listened to? If we're going to bring in word association, which I, I have no problems with, I'm going to say I feel um, this month's music nostalgic. Not every month's going to be nostalgic. I don't want to just use that term. I but feel like that's a... Um... Okay, okay. I feel like you could use it for every month. I do. It's 30 years ago. Then I will say this. I will say this music was... This music was heartfelt. Heartfelt. There you go. Whitney, um, Whitney Houston is leaving, but she will always love Kevin Costner. 
in the bodyguard. God, that movie pissed me off so much. They should have just been together. Lenny Kravitz wants to know, are you going to go his way? He's pouring his heart out to you. And again, did you have to let it linger? (laughs) Uh, Want to play some trivia? I think it's the only thing left to do at this point. Yeah. (laughs) We're back in our trivia game, in our trivia mode. We, for those uninitiated, we are actively attempting to score 10 points by winning a trivia card every week. We are, there's three questions. They're from the 90s. They're from the 1990s Trivial Pursuit mini pack. And uh, the first person to get 10 wins and the person who loses has to buy the 1990s Trivial Pursuit game that we're going to then play a long game. Now, I'm not going to lie. These are, some of them are pretty easy. Other ones, there might be a few stumbles in here, but... Pretty easy question. Right, like right now we're tied 1-1 and that's just because we keep tying every week. Not because this we've is all good only gotten one. Yeah. But who knows? Jen, let me get you started. And now that you said that, I'm sure I'm going to not get any of the <laughs> questions I have and they're all going to be so easy. Okay. Name two of the first three locations of MTV's The Real World. Two of the three. New York. I feel like Seattle. No. Two of the three. New York. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say New Orleans. I would have also said New Orleans, but it's New York, Los Angeles, and then San Francisco. Mm. Okay. All right. I accept that. I, I named other ones that they did. I would have said New Orleans. The bands Mud Honey, Alice in Chains, and Nirvana were all part of which grubby, long-haired, Seattle-based music scene in the 90s? Grunge. I don't need to look. I know. (laughs) Your question was objectively harder than mine. Okay. What kind of dog was Frank, the scene-stealing alien disguised as a canine in the film Men in Black? (sighs) He was a pug. He was a pug. And his real name was Mushu. What comic strip ended its run in 1995? When Gary Larson said bye-bye on his steak-eating cows and other twisted creations. The far side. Yes. I don't have to ask you this question, but I'm going to anyway. What 1970s era facial hair fad was revived in the 1990s, mostly thanks to two male stars of Beverly Hills 90210? That's what I thought. Okay, cool. Like a goatee? Sideburns. Really? Brendan and Dylan both had like epic sideburns. Yeah. Wow. Well, I lose already. Yeah. I'll ask you this last question for brevity because I know you're probably not going to get it right. But damn, I went over two on that. Well, yeah. We hyped up how easy it was and I, I just got uh, Well, that's what, that's what happens. That's me. what happens. Oh, no. What Joe Torrey led team topped off its record-breaking 114 and 48 regular season by sweeping the San Diego Padres in the 1998 World Series. The Yankees. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. This is a 50-50 chance. You were very confident immediately when I said Joe Torre. I'm like, okay, so... Well, do I listen? Because I know he was with the Mets. Yeah, I think he played for the Mets. I don't even know what I imagine. I don't really know. But yeah, he I don't was really the know Yankees either. manager that when might they have were to, really, I might really have good. to uh, delete that. 
edit that out that I said he was with the Mets. I mean, if we're really going to get into that, I made a, a, a critical mistake in terms of um, Ice Cube and Ice Tea. Critical mistake when I said that. That was critical. I got rid of that. Oh, no, I know. I'm joking here on the end of this. Oh, like, but <laughs> I made a critical mistake where I just completely said the wrong person. Ice-T came out with an album, by the way. Um, yeah, like, no, I edited that out because you wanted me to. And now you just admitted it for the whole world. I mean, for everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed. We are, again, 90s Mixtapes. I'm Pat. My co-host, Jen. Follow us. At BLC underscore pod on Twitter. Haven't really posted a ton recently, um, but we'll be posting. That's the March to April goal. But you can always hit us up, message us. I usually run the Twitter account. Jen usually does the Instagram. Jen, yeah. where are we? We've on the both gram? been uh, we've both been slacking. Well, um, we've been we've been focused on the content. We are BLC mixtapes. Um, I'm gonna try and change it to like '90s mixtape, but there's a lot of similar things out there, so I'm trying to see what I can do. Um. Our email address is Becky left the chat at gmail.com. Yeah. So if you have anything you want to say, um, again, we might have to come up with one that's more fitting for our current name because we did do a name change. But Does it really yeah. matter, though? Like, if you really think about email addresses. Like, yeah. If you want on. to become successful in something, you have to have a um, cons- consistent branding. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Because it's very confusing if you don't. And then it it appears very unprofessional. Oh. All of a sudden we're a professional organization? (laughs) No, but I know. Out here talking about Dress Barn and what songs I listen (laughs) to Well, that's why I'm not in any hurry to uh, fix it, I guess. (laughs) Well, we enjoyed talking about music this week. We will be back next week to talk about TV. Yes. From March. We're barreling towards some pretty cool um, TV events that are going to be happening some great shows are going to be leaving say by the bell cheers some other shows that are going to be coming is it seinfeld uh bell. wrap up this year too i feel like you've said this before oh, and it's and like 99 or something my brow <sighs> curls and well, go, i'm gonna oh. edit that out nah <laughs> it's all good thanks guys for listening we'll catch you on the flip side bye bye Oh, 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 oh,